Jobs data continues to impress this morning. Fewer jobless claims and more private payrolls than expected. Let's talk about it with Scott Ladner, Chief Investment Officer at Horizon Investments. Scott, welcome back. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year to you, Oliver. Thanks. The numbers keep coming in uh, warmer uh, than what economists uh, think is going to happen when it comes to employment. Yesterday, we heard a message from the Fed that seemed to be pretty still hawkish in nature. So what does that mean for stocks? Well, I mean, look, probably probably not great things in the short term. Uh, you know, this the data we're getting this morning is just continues the theme. Like they cannot knock this labor market down, uh, no matter how, how hard they're trying so far. Now, eventually, these rate cuts will end up working. Eventually, economic activity will slow down meaningfully enough for companies to start firing folks. But but people had such a hard time hiring people that they're really loathe to fire. Uh, and that is that is part of the conundrum that we find ourselves in right now. It's like we know we have a slowing economy. We know we have ISMs that are going to be south of 50. But companies are to start firing folks yet. Um, and until that happens, the Fed's going to keep uh, the, you know, their foot on the pedal. At the same time, we've got, it seems, a steady drumbeat of tech layoffs. It just uh, are they not big enough in terms of number uh, to make a dent in the overall situation? Or are these not the type of people that are going to fill the jobs uh, that the Fed is looking for in terms of productivity? H how did those stories fit into this, Scott? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question because it's because it's both of those things. You know, it is. You know, first of all, like the, the, they're very. You know, you guys were talking about the you know the Amazon layoffs earlier, and and you know you know another company you know, and Salesforce layoffs, um, and you know those are you know they're headline grabbers, but they don't really move the needle with respect to the United States employment you know employment situation, um, and so you know the, the tech employment in this country is uh, you know is loud but it's small. And and it's it's just not gonna it's not gonna be the thing that changes the Fed's mind on anything. So so while it's important and while we while we think that's gonna continue uh, in terms of tech layoffs, it's it's just not the thing that the Fed needs to see in order to bring down wage pressure, because wage pressures are fundamentally the thing that are keeping services inflation high, and that's really what the Fed is focused on right now. So uh, if the employment situation remains pretty strong, how does that factor into inflation, Scott? Does that mean there is a Limit to how low inflation can go. You know, we think for a little bit, but it, but let's you know let's remember all the work we've done on inflation so far. You know, goods like we're going to be in outright goods deflation in 2023, and if we're, if we're not there already, um, you know, the price of sofas, the price of TVs, price of construction, new housing, you know, all those things are going to be in outright deflation, uh, you know, soon if they're not there already. So you know that that part of the equation is solved. It's it's really just the the wages and the services side right now that the Fed has to deal with. I mean, they, and the, the way that they understand that problem is through the employment channel. And, and so they, you know, they just think that they need to get employment lowered, no, you know, like no matter how it happens. Uh, and, but that process takes a little bit of time. You know, we're not going to get a big surge of, uh, you know, of, of employment, of you know, supply of labor coming in. You know, a big surge of supply of labor would be coming in through something like immigration reform or some kind of immigration policy. And that's just probably not in the cards in the short term. So the, the other way that you can get employment down is by whacking the demand for labor. The way, you act, the way you act demand for labor is you would do some sort of mild recession, which the Fed is on the, is on the course to do. So if that mild recession becomes something more intense, uh, what do we do as investors, Scott? Do we just um, go to cash and pick up a little bit more of an interest uh, rate than we could have uh, you know, before the COVID uh, drop? Or uh, what do we do? You know, we think actually that the, the first quarter is probably going to be the worst quarter. So we, we, don't, we don't have, we're actually pretty bullish. Uh, like as we as we come into the summer and the spring, it's just these first few months while we get earnings estimates coming down and while the Fed continues to try to fight this labor battle uh, that is just going to be slow moving. You know, the, the, you know those things are going to take a little bit of time, and they're probably going to cause 
the market to, to have some indigestion here for the first few months. But as we get into the spring and the summer, you know, all those things that were big, you know, big time headwinds in 2022, and namely, you know, the, the China, you know, the kind of the disastrous China zero COVID policy, uh, you know, and the inflation fight and what the Fed's been doing uh, and the Russia-Ukraine war, all those three things, you know, we already know that China is, is, is turned, you know, and it's going to be a sloppy turn. It's going to be nonlinear. It's going to, you know, has have some kind of horrific humanitarian uh, you know, results. But for global growth, the, the China turn is important, and that's going to be really, really strong in, in, in the second half of this year. The inflation fight, you know, we understand it very well right now. So, you know, we know that we have goods deflation, and we know that we have too high wage gains. That at some point is going to end up resolving itself, when probably in the, in, the, in the form of some sort of mild recession that causes companies to fire folks. But that inflation headwind from 22, we think it's going to turn into a tailwind as we come into the, the mid, midpoint of the year. And then the third big headwind that we had was obviously the Russia-Ukraine war. And while nobody can predict what you know the maniac Putin is going to do, it's, it does seem to us uh, that it's unlikely that, that, that they are able to keep that conflict up for the remainder of 2023. Uh, and so you know that 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 was you know that which was a huge headwind, uh, especially in the early part of 22. We actually do think is more likely than not going to turn into a tailwind. So you know this is really a, a, a question for us of you know first quarter we're going to have to kind of plug you know power way through it. But after we get through that, uh, you know, we do think that some of these tailwinds start to manifest themselves and we could end up with a pretty nice year. So does it look like uh, the potential drawdown in the next quarter of uh, this uh, cross negative cross current uh, potential? Is that a big enough drawdown that it's worth trying to avoid for most people, Scott? Or should you just start loading the boat now for risk assets if uh, the light is already somewhat visible, according to this analysis at the end of the tunnel? You know, I'm, I'm not sure you can start loading the boat just yet, but I definitely would start nibbling. And, you know, obviously, if you look, if you're a short-term trader, uh, you know, we think it's probably time to you know, be pretty safe and, and, and avoid markets for the next, like, six to eight weeks. But, but, but if you're, you know, if you have a timeline that is, you know, like, measured in quarters and years rather than months and weeks, uh, we do think it's pretty, uh, going to be a pretty good time to start adding in, uh, you know, adding in some stuff and, and probably adding in international equities, believe it or not, uh, over U.S. You know, that's something that we, that we think we've started doing in our portfolios uh, but it is, and something that's is a pretty big change for us uh, from over the last couple of years. Uh, but it is, you know, it is probably start time to start nibbling at least on that some of that stuff. How far out on the risk spectrum uh, feels appropriate at this juncture, Scott? Uh, I mean, when you're looking for equities, do you still use the past year as a blueprint, where you look at the stuff that's strong and follow that, or do you look at the stuff that's been crushed and bet on a comeback? Well, probably a little bit of both, actually. You know, we you know we think energy, uh, for instance, is is something that's going to be secularly good. So you know, energy probably has some tailwinds to it that that are going that are going to continue to 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 boost its returns. Um, something like tech, you know, that's got absolutely pummeled uh, last year. We think that there's going to be a time for that, but it's probably not just yet. We still need to get some more derating. We still need to get some more valuation compression. Some of those companies that don't make money, uh, just like what happened in, after the internet bubble burst in 2000, 2001. And the companies that didn't make money went away. Companies that did make made money flourished. Uh, so that you know the market's still in the process of kind of coming to grips with which ones are able to make money and which ones are not. Uh, but we do think by the time we get into the summer, tech's going to be a nice place to be. Um, but so it's going to look a little bit of a mixed bag. Some things that have done well in 2022, we think will continue to do well. Um, and we think it's, it's, it will be time to start nibbling at some of those um, you know, some of the things that got crushed last year, uh, but probably just not quite yet. Not quite yet. All right. Uh, very clear. A plan. Uh, thanks a lot for outlining it for us, Scott. Thanks, Ollie. Absolutely, Scott Ladder, Chief Investment Officer at Horizon Investments.
looking for one last leg of market stress before potentially some of these headwinds turn into a tailwinds after the first quarter.